Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live, and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license. It's your career. It's your job. It's your reality. And it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done, and this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on. Thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Welcome to this episode of the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. I'm Natalie Dietrich, your host, and today I am joined once again by Beth Quas. Beth is a CRNA who practices in that role, as well as teaches in a CRNA program in Minneapolis. Talk about what's going on with nurses advocating for what's best for them in their practice. Thank you, Natalie, for having me back. I'm so excited to talk about this again. So we said in the first appearance that when you were on the show that we would follow up on current events. And right now in Minnesota, the strike recently went on and nurses really worked hard to try to get what they wanted. What's what's the latest on that, Beth? So I was lucky enough to have a conversation with Chris Rubish. He's uh, one of the leaders at the Minneapolis, or I'm sorry, Minnesota Nurses Association, the union supporting that strike. They chose to strike as a membership. They all voted, went on a three-day strike. And it was a very enlightening conversation that I had with Chris about um, the process of the strike, how it happens. Um, It really is member-led. So once the strike was voted on and they agreed to a three-day strike, um, they came out in droves in several hospitals around Minnesota. There were 15,000 nurses, as I said, um, involved in this strike. Uh, Well attended. They did not have any negotiating luck at that time. Um, And I know that they're still working on that. There uh, are no plans that I know of right now to go back out on strike again, but I know that they are trying uh, very hard to meet with their negotiating teams in their hospitals. Uh, To my knowledge at this point, nothing has been signed. I listened to your recent conversation with Chris, who you had as a guest on your podcast, Don't Eat Your Young. And that podcast and the CareerWise Nurse podcast are really about helping nurses to live their best life, advocate 
um, launch, grow, and thrive and be strong and be supported and how to advocate when they're not feeling supported. So I will be sure to link your recent episode with Chris into the show notes. And what an opportunity you had to connect with someone who really was on the front lines of trying to help nurses get what they want and what they need. Thanks for that, Natalie. The the reason I really reached out to him, um, and I was introduced to him by someone that I knew, a nurse in Duluth, was because I was reading things from other nurses not understanding what the strike was about. And I kept hearing from nurses and the public that it was all about money. It was not all about money. Money was one factor, but it was about advocating for safer work environments. We all know that violence has increased, especially in hospitals. Um, It was about that. It was about safe staffing ratios, which we talked. This is nothing new to COVID. This has been going on for decades. Um, It's just COVID shined the light on it, and we realized that it was not sustainable. We have nurses leaving the bedside. We have um, nursing schools that we're still trying to get these nurses cranked out, and I'm afraid that nurses are going to hear how terrible it is, or students, and and turn away. So it was really, I wanted people to understand a strike doesn't, it's not an easy choice, as Chris will say over and over. The nurses that went out on strike did not get paid for those days. They couldn't come to work. So there was... There's a lot of things behind the strike, and money is one very small portion of it. What happens to those hospitals when nurses go on strike? Who they takes brought, care of patients? So they brought in um, nurses that were able to come from other parts of the country or nurses that worked at non-union hospitals. Um, it's my understanding they do a very fast credentialing to get those nurses in. Um, Of course, those hospitals pay a large amount of money to bring those nurses in to uh, work as replacements. Um, And so it's hard for patients. It's hard for the nurses that have to go out on strike. But, you know, just like I've said before, there's fallout every time there's, um, you know, quote unquote war. But this is truly two people trying to figure things out. And unfortunately, you know, there's fallout every time that happens. This is such a challenge for hospitals to face strikes. And I say that because hospitals want the best scores on their Prescani and Gallup, whoever is rating them on the patient experience. And I think we talked about how really only a few people actually fill those out. And I have to say that when I was a caregiver and my father was in the hospital 2019 and 2020 at different times, I don't think I ever filled them out. I was too burned out and spent on being a caregiver. But those ratings really come right back to the nurses on the unit because the director will say, oh, we're going to work on response times. That probably means, because I used to be able to look at the data when I was working in a hospital system, to see that of five responses in the month of March, which was, you know, it takes a while to get the data tabulated, get it out there, but somebody had to wait and they complained. And it goes right to the leadership of that unit through the higher ups and 
It's passed right out to the nurses. This is what we need to work on. Seems like small stuff. But when you have new staff that are truly 100% travelers in there, and they don't really know which way to take you from the ER to labor and delivery, how do you think that affects the patient experience and ultimately how hospitals are rated? It would be very interesting to look at the data anywhere that goes through this kind of um, ordeal, like a strike. It would be interesting to see what were the patient outcomes, what was the patient satisfaction, what was the family satisfaction, because maybe the patients can't even take it all in what's going on, but I'm sure that at least um, in Duluth, because that's where I lived for many years, that's a smaller community and everyone knew what was going on. And so it'd be interesting to hear from them as well, how it impacted the community and the patients. The strike did make national news. What little bit of TV news I watch as I make dinner at night, you see it on there. Uh, I don't recall specific details, but it definitely made the news and the newspaper. So it definitely made the news and I don't even know how people, you know, what it meant to people, except for if they had to encounter a caregiving experience for themselves or a family member in the hospital. And it doesn't mean that they were really thinking about the fact that all the staff was temporary on that day. Right. And that's kind of what spurred me to think about bringing someone on my podcast because it was on the national news and I saw it and the perception was that it was about money because that's what was told. The nurses are striking for more money and they they brought up the percentages that they asked for, but no one really delved into the real problems, which are safety and satisfaction and the burnout that these people are feeling, these nurses are feeling, it wasn't talked about. And I think Chris did a great job explaining how it affects them when they're working and how it affected them when they had to be away from their patients. It was not an easy decision. And now the nurses are back on the job because it was a three-day strike. Yes. And are they working in any different conditions? Do, do you know, I mean, do you know when any changes that were agreed upon will be implemented? What's the timeline? Uh, well, the, Chris and I talked about the timeline as well. Um, at that point, it was really back to the negotiating table. Um, I have nursing friends that work throughout these union hospitals, and nothing has changed yet. There have been no settlements for uh, contracts, and so I think right now it's just status quo. And have, um, have you had the experience of ever working in a union hospital? I worked in a union hospital for 22 years. Um, when the nurses were going to go on strike when I was there, I was actually a director of our uh, anesthesia department at that time. And I remember um, the directors from the other units coming to me and saying, can the CRNAs come and work on the floors? Can, can they work in the ICUs? And that was not my priority was to move the people out of surgery because we were busy as well. And I really wanted to support my nursing colleagues in, in having it hurt a little bit. 
you know, we all want to take care of patients. It wasn't that we didn't want to take care of our patients, but we also wanted to support our nursing colleagues that were striking. Um, as CRNAs, we are not union, but um, at that time, they were able to negotiate and didn't strike, but it was a very tense time. So you talked about the CRNA team and administering anesthesia. What happened in the hospital in your experience in terms of were you on standby for emergencies, but electives were canceled? I, at that time, since they didn't go on strike, um, we didn't make any changes to our schedule, but it was the possibility that, yeah, we were going to come to work and, you know, a lot of the nurses were not going to be there except for the travelers that they could bring in. And I think at that point, then the surgeons probably would say, maybe let's cancel unless of course it was an emergent urgent situation. Thank you for sharing that experience from the leadership point of view. Because I realize a lot of listeners at any point in your practice, whether you're brand new in orientation, um, considering a job in a hospital that is a union versus a hospital that is not a unionized hospital, or you're very experienced and you've never encountered this, you know, having some sense of what it might be like, it it makes it more real or it helps you to understand also what was going on in Minnesota or if you've worked in a community where there was strikes or the possibility, even the possibility makes the media. And to think about what that means for your friends or colleagues who work in those settings, it, this just gives it a little more sense of reality. That's a really good point, Natalie, that when you're out searching for a job, that is something I never would have thought to look at, but now I would. And, you know, is it is one better than the other? Not in patient care, not in terms of patient care, but you're right, it is something to think about. And I think about um, so many factors go into where you choose to go to work as a nurse. Commute, pay, what's offered in terms of job opportunities are only a few of the considerations people have. And when you're a brand new nurse, you may not be thinking about all these things. You're looking for a job. Hopefully, nurses who are new to practice have heard that there's a lot of jobs out there and you don't have to rush and take the first one that's offered to you. Because what I see is a lot of people hesitate about having taken that first offer and was it really the right one for them. Take time to think and reflect on so many factors and connect with a nurse who can help you work through that, whether it's me, Beth, you know, we're here to advocate. Talk to people who are in those different settings to try to understand more about the offers you have or the opportunities you're exploring. And unionization is one of those factors to explore more, to understand what it really means. I, Natalie, you're doing such a great job in helping educate on things like this that you don't think about all the time as a nurse. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks, Beth. And I love the name of your podcast, Don't Eat Your Young, because it's so true. It caught my attention early on in the life of your podcast. And the funny thing is, I was on a plane the other day, and I was sitting next to a woman, and we'd been visiting. But in the end, she said, oh, my daughter's a nurse. And she said something else. And I said, I'm a nurse. And she said, I'm a nurse, too. <laughs> And we talked about our roles now, how we've moved away from acute care or direct care 
she's in leadership. And I told her what I was doing to coach nurses. And I launched a podcast because of what I realized was such a need to help nurses, someone to hold their hand, someone to support them as they launch or they make new role, you know, move into new roles, or they're just looking to thrive and navigate through burnout. And she said, she feels the same way. She said, nurses just eat their young. (laughs) And I hadn't heard anyone just say that to me randomly out and about in a long time, but it's a phrase that we've heard since the very beginning of practice. And it's also out there in the social media and you can, you don't have to look too far to find it. So you really, your podcast, it really does mean a lot. And it's so true that this is what's happening. We're here to, you and I, Beth, are here to try to help raise awareness for nurses so they can advocate and take a stand and get the help they need. And on a random flight, you're a nurse, you met a nurse, her daughter's a nurse. There are a lot of us, and we just all need to come together, unite, let people know this is what we need. This is what we need for our patients to offer the best care that we can. And it's it's starting. I really believe that we're starting to come together as a profession to move things forward. Beth, you're so right. So I'm going to make sure everyone knows how to reach you because I'm sure you're always looking to hear from people who have suggestions or would be a great guest, a great fit to share their experiences because we're all about supporting nurses. And I'll include my information in the show notes. It's always there so that we can connect as well. Thank you so much. I'd appreciate it, Natalie. Anyone can reach out to me at any time. I'm here to help. Thank you, Beth. We will continue this conversation. We've already talked about getting others together so we can all talk about how we want to help nurses. So please rate this show, connect with us. We want to know how we can help you. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the CareerWise Nurse Podcast community. Do this by emailing belong at careerwisenurse.com. That's B-E-L-O-N-G at careerwisenurse.com. Join the CareerWise Nurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.